For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We are on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled with the uh, show's new sponsor. Um, I am now sponsored and uh, have an affiliate through LMNT Electrolytes. Um, I have used these electrolytes for years. Um, back when I used to do a lot of fasting, in fact, I used to drink sometimes I want to say up to seven a day, seven little packets. So um, the packets are full of all the electrolytes that you need to perform and hydrate yourself properly. Um, you need sodium for pretty much every single function in your body, despite what um, a lot of people may tell you. Um, sodium doesn't actually cause a lot of the issues that uh, people kind of would have you believe. So um, just real quick to give you a little bit of facts. Um, you don't need sugar to hydrate. Electrolytes and water don't require glucose to pass through the gut. The average American consumes over 60 pounds of sugar a year. And um, when it comes to athletic performance, um, you can actually lose up to seven grams per day in hot climate. So um, make sure you click on the affiliate link below to get all your hydration needs. And like I said, I'm super stoked to have these guys um, teamed up with the podcast and uh, just make sure you get your uh, electrolytes through Element. All right, guys, thanks. thanks. <laughs> all right, everybody, this is In Liberty and Health episode 119. I have Matt Hackenberg, the man himself running for governor here in Pennsylvania to set us all free and take us down in Kapistan. <laughs> Matt, how you doing, dude? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, and I'm uh, looking forward to the conversation today. So um, what exactly turned you into a libertarian? Ooh, well, uh, like most people, I would say Ron Paul. Uh, I mean, there's a little you know, liberty, libertarian leading before the Ron Paul 08 run. Uh, but uh, his 08 run really kind of like, wow, this like really clicks with me. Okay, so how uh, old were you around then? I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, yeah. So let's see. Uh, uh, 08. Uh, let's see. I was, uh, hmm. What am I? Born <laughs> in 84. So that's like, yeah, you can do the math. Nah. Uh, 
put me on the spot here. I'm an engineer. I can't do math like that in my head. Would that be now? Would it be 24? Yeah, it's probably something like that. Because it, it, was, it was like my it was my senior year in college. Well, uh, so whatever that would be. Know, it, it, yeah. An engineer and a mechanic can't do math apparently. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can do math in my head normally, but right now it's not functioning great. So. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, uh, well, that works out to be. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> So, so yeah, it'd be like 23, probably. Yeah, like 23. And really, so it was like an 07. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like 23, 22. Um, and uh, yeah, so it really kind of like resonated with me. Before then, I was a neocon, really filthy, filthy neocon. You know, I was a supporter of George Bush and, uh, you know, bomb, bomb, bomb Moran, all that shit. Mm -hmm. And um, now I look back and like, what the hell's wrong with me? But uh, yeah, so then going into uh, to, um, you know, the, the 0708 you know, run, I, uh, he resonated with me a lot. Somebody had so many things, you know, on Phantom Gun Rights and all this stuff. It really resonated with me and uh, everything. I was like, wow, this guy is right on all these things, but he's wrong on foreign policy. Like, he's doing one thing that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And just like kind of ate at me and ate at me and ate at me and realized, yeah, no, this is, I, I'm wrong. I was stupid. Um, so, and then kind of, you know, like, all right, well, I'm kind of more like a minarchist view. Like, well, the United States is a military and, you know, just anti-interventionalist. So after college and all, I went and I joined the, the Army National Guard at 27. So I was quite a bit older, an adult. And uh, yeah, so I wanted to do, I wanted to serve my country. I was always raised with that kind of like patriotic spirit. The bravado, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a, you know, service, you know, service to, you know, country and, and community, right? And I like the idea of National Guard because it's like, hey, you know, you, you know, one week a month, two weeks a year. I had a career at the time, so that's great. Uh, and then you get to serve your local community, right? You know, it's not, you know, not just go out and fight foreign wars unless it's, you know, critical. Well, the, uh, you know, I joined and, uh, you know, went through base training and OCS and all these other things. And, you know, I was, as I was there, one, you know, we learned a lot about army doctrine and like everything was very systematic, right? How they train people and indoctrinate people is all well-designed, very well-designed. And as an engineer, I see this and go, wow, this is, this is beautiful, right? This is like really thought out. Now, but the thing is that we're talking about that's beautifully well thought out is like how to manipulate children to fight and die, right? Mm -hmm. And like, so like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. That's pretty fucked up. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as you go on and you actually interact with people and, and you see like how like their lives are being destroyed, right. They're being given this promise one week a month, two weeks a year. And, uh, or you guys in the, in the big army who, you know, go sign up and they, uh, they're in the ghetto and they, they, they knock up their, their baby, their baby mama. And they have now have a kid they want to take care of. They want to get them out of the ghetto. They want to have a better, they want their kids to have a better life. Right. You know, very noble kids and, uh, kids and they're literally kids, right. You know, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And they join with this promise, all this, they get all this doctrination of like, hey, you know, it's great. You know, you know, get all this stuff and everyone's going to love you and all this, you know, whatever. And you join up and they treat you great. And you're fucking treated great. Uh, you're, treated, you're like hot shit. And uh, they abuse the fuck out of you. They take everything out of your youth and uh, then, uh, you know, they discard you. And you gotta see this, like, you gotta see this firsthand. You gotta see like kids that come to you when you're, when you're older. I was 27 when I joined and I was an officer. I was like a, you know, a mentor, uh, mm -hmm. people, guys would talk to me all the time. And, and I see this, and like, this is, this is so, so jacked up. This is wrong. Right. And right around that time, when I got my unit, I, uh, started reading, uh, was well, listening to Tom Woods is when you know, Tom Woods podcast was, was starting. And, uh, I listened to him and he was talking about this guy, Murray Rothbard. And I read, uh, the first Rothbard book I read was, uh, for new Liberty. And I read that and I was like, yeah, well, you know what, this is like wrong. You know, the whole, the whole state is wrong. And, I, uh, yeah, went, uh, I said, screw this, I'm out of here. And, uh, that's that. I went 
become full anarchists at that point uh, now. Uh, yeah, I think the state is immoral. I think it's wrong. Um, now I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not uh, the the total, uh, you know, hypothetical or or utopian anarchist, right? I don't think we're going to be able to snap into uh, some anarchist utopia anytime soon. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm very practical and, and pragmatic. But I, I think by the large, at the end of the day, though, I think the state in all forms is illegitimate. And I think it's immoral and I think it's wrong. And I think that's not the way to solve the world's problems is not through the use of force, which is what the state is. So I think better to use, you know, just human interaction and understanding of, uh, of how people work and how people operate. And you can do things peacefully and voluntarily. As with most of our daily day-to-day -day interactions are all voluntary and peaceful. And the state is the antithesis of that. The state is the, 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 mon the monopoly on the use of force and the use of violence. And uh, yeah, so I, I've become very tuned to that and seeing it firsthand, seeing how, how horrible it is and how much it does not care for its own people and uh, has really made me like woke my eyes like this is, this is like, it's like looking at the face of evil. And once you see that, you're like, this is, a, it's like never the same again. You just see this whole thing is so corrupt and broken. Right. Yeah. So, once you t take the uh, wool off your eyes, it's, it's really hard to ever kind of try to put it back on, be naive to it again. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I kind of wanted to touch on something you were talking about a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and I think about this quite a bit when it comes to the military and police is that we really, I shouldn't say we, but um, public schools and the regime really indoctrinate children to believe that these people are heroes and doing For very, sure. very good stuff. Yeah. And it, it really does turn out people who are very good people and think they're doing yeah. the right thing, yeah. but they're doing very, very horrible things under this impression that they're fighting for freedom or that they're protecting, you know, our liberties or that they're protecting and serving their community. But, it, you know, to people who kind of pull the wool off their eyes, as we're kind of saying here, um, you realize what the danger of that actually is. Yeah. And, and two, it's, this is a really this is a hook they use to get kids in and, and it starts from a very young age you know they do the pledge of allegiance every day and like mm -hmm. you know all through school is nothing but an indoctrination project process i mean if you, if you look at the you know, the prussian school model which is what our public school system is based off of was originally intended to prepare uh, children to fight in the prussian military and it's still today that's how it is and it's perfect it's perfect it's designed just for that and uh it uh, is crazy that we think that's acceptable and normal but that's why you have kids that they grow up and they're like, oh yeah, let me go do this, and it's great and everything. And uh, and yeah, they're really honestly, some of the 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 best, uh, most caring, loving people I've ever met were in the military because they legitimately have like a selfless, selfless desire to help others, um, or, or nothing else than to help their families. And uh, really great people, really great people. And the state systematically exploits them; like they take advantage of that. Right? right? They understand that. And they exploit that, that the best part about people, the best part about children, they exploit that and use it to their own advantage with reckless disregard. And it's, it's disgusting. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why foreign policy is such a big deal for uh, libertarians in particular is because you see things like this where, like you said, they just comp get completely exploited, caring, loving people, get thrown overseas to do horrible things to people that we have no idea who they are and generally haven't done anything to endanger us. And then they're murdered and just, you know, awful things, drone strikes, you name it, everything that we've done over the last 20 years to different countries. Um, people are just under this guise that it's for the greater good. And, you know, to 
very, very dark thing to consider, but I think that's what makes the foreign policy aspect um, of libertarianism so appealing to people in general, because you, um, once you kind of see this for what it is, and then especially you see how they're treated after they get out of the military, there's just no, you know, no one there, no net for them to fall onto. Um, it, it's really sad. And the free market right now isn't allowed to operate as it should. So the vets don't get the care they need. Right. And, you know, once again, if we had a more free market, a more libertarian world, then we wouldn't have to worry about this foreign policy blunder that exploits people and then chews them up and spits them out into a broken healthcare system. You wouldn't have to worry about the wars. So you wouldn't have to worry about a broken healthcare system that doesn't right. care for people that serve their country and then got completely destroyed doing so. Right, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's... Um... Yeah, it's the, the VA and everything is it's atrocious. Like it's mm -hmm. it's not just a broken healthcare system. The whole thing is just it's just well, one, this is an example of what happens when you have a state run medical system because it's yeah. just like what are you guys doing? It's so disorganized, it's it's in total disarray. There's no you know economic calculation involved to like improve quality of service. And it's really just disgusting when you see that you know these guys are discarded and mm -hmm. uh, they're treated they you know loaded up with the opiates and and like like here, good luck, and you know, pat in the back and then you know, it, it, they result, it results in a terrible outcome like every time. And it's mm -hmm. disgusting. Um, you know, it really is. Um, so I guess kind of moving on from there, what made you get involved with the Libertarian Party here in Pennsylvania? Um, it, it's very interesting and a lot of people have knocked me for it, but um, I, I never shy away from a challenge. But uh, the Libertarian Party here in Pennsylvania has seemed to have a lot of victories. Sometimes some of them end up with a little bit of black eyes and there's some unfortunate events that follow. But um, it seems like there's a strong base of support here and that there is popular support for Libertarian candidates. Um, so I, I guess it's a long tangent, but uh, uh, kind of relevant to the initial question, but really what appealed to you about the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania? What made you get involved? Well, uh the first part, Pennsylvania, because I, I live in Pennsylvania. But uh, other than that, uh, uh, so what happened was the, uh, the the whole COVID tyranny, right? I don't know if you remember in 2020, there was this little, uh, this whole thing about a, 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 a virus going around and making people sick. You were real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, start at, because I, I love hearing people's story about this, and I like that you're kind of tagged on here. Um, I guess, <laughs> sorry to keep kind of knocking on you, yeah, but no, uh, no, um Start off, where were you in 2020? Because I, I kind of liked where you were going with this. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, just kind of detail out 2020 and then I guess go into why that got you involved in the Libertarian Party. Because um, as I've talked to people a lot recently, Pennsylvania was completely different than a lot of other states when it came to lockdowns. I mean, it was it was bad here. So um, what about 2020? Where were you? What happened? And why did that encourage you to get to the Libertarian Party? I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, no. We're so, uh, yeah, understand. I, I live in uh, Northampton County and uh, I worked in, uh, at the time, I worked in New Jersey. So, and I would have a, you know, go east for work and I'd go west for play. And uh, so I'd see a, a, a wide spectrum of, of the COVID tyranny outcome. Fortunately, going west for me, it's things were pretty much like, you know, uh, but to the east in New Jersey, it was just like totalitarian nightmare. Um, although Pennsylvania at some spots would be also pretty bad. Um, but yeah, it just like, I, I, you know, I, I was just had a solid understanding of like economics and like of how things function uh, in the world. And, um, and I saw this happening and I quickly realized this is, a, this is all bullshit. 
and I, I see what they're doing, their, their actions and how much harm this is going to cause. I remember walking into a grocery store early on and seeing like some things were like already out of stock, not beyond just toilet paper. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a, this is going to be a fucking disaster. Like this is going to be really bad. And I started like, freaking the fuck out. because like, mm-hmm. yeah, like this is, this is going to cause like long-term major problems in which we're now we're finally just starting to see like, yeah. results of. And, uh, and, and not that, and you, you, you know, I was, a, I was an anarchist for years prior to 2020. Right. And I, as the 2020 goes on, I get like, like radicalized. Right. And I don't mean like in a violence road, I just mean in, in like a, wow, the government is like that fucking corrupt part of my language. Uh, you know, it's that unbelievably, you know, just corrupt and, and so willing to do these things. So blazingly willing to do these things, which are going to get people killed. No concern. They're going to lie to your face. And then you, you see, you, you interact with people in the medical community and how many of them are just so willing to go along. It's like, this is so, the guys, like, this, this doesn't make any sense. Like, the mask thing. It, like, this makes no sense. Right? It should be like common sense. Like, I mean, to me, at least, you know, I, like, uh, I've worked with some mechanical filtration and things like that before. Like, filtering viruses with a, a mask is insane. Right? That's ludicrous. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, but people are like, wear your mask, wear your mask. Mm-hmm. And then the total lack of humanity uh, of people see, mm-hmm. people see how people treat others by the masks. You know, especially in the medical setting, you know, someone's, you know, in, in the hospital and they're in a lot of discomfort and distress and, yeah, they tell them to put on a mask, you know, they're like, come on, man, this guy is like suffering and you're just worried about him wearing a mask. But anyway, the total lack of humanity, the total lack of having everyone treat each other. And then also I have a, I have a young child and, and seeing that I would never, first of all, I never allow the mask to go on her. Um, but uh, seeing that she being exposed to this madness and other people's insanity, it just drove me nuts knowing that like, hey she may never experience things that I experienced growing up. It's just like, hmm. So then as, as the year went on and the, the Libertarian Party in general did nothing, absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. They uh, were just totally useless. Uh, uh, and, you know, a long time before this, I was listening, I was listening to Dave Smith. I was aware of the Music Caucus and all this. So I said, you know, well, I had to get off my ass and do something. Um, especially after the election, the 2020 election. Uh, I mean, it's quite, it's pretty clear to me that, that there's like funny business going on here. And, uh, uh, and the very least, um, yeah, who knows, but you know, that this whole thing is so, is so broken and, and I, I don't, I don't see that these elections ever being, you know, Fixed. any outcome other than what's intended, which is preordained. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I, like this whole thing is so broken. We have, I have to do something. I have to do something. Uh, I have nothing else that, to get out of my house and not go crazy. Uh, so yeah, we, we, uh, there was a Mises bash, uh, with uh, Dave Smith and a couple other people talking out in Pittsburgh. So. I, you know, I got, I, you know, if you just signed up for the LPPA, you know, you got free tickets. So I, you know, signed up my wife and I, and, you know, like, hey, hey, babe, we're going to go to Pittsburgh for the weekend. Like, oh, okay. So now uh, I'm running for governor and she's a treasurer of the party. And uh, yeah, so we got to see Dave Smith and that was cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's a, it was a good time. And it, it, it was since then, it's talking with people in the Mises Caucus, especially, and uh, just interacting with all these people has become like an extended family. And it's all the politics part aside that, you know, running for office stuff aside, you know, whatever, but it's the community that, that, that you develop around that job, that, that goal, that task, you know, we're all working together to this goal, this, this challenge. And you develop this sense of camaraderie, of brotherhood. And it's, it's amazing. It's fantastic. And that's exactly what I think we need in general as a society today. You know, we need, we need to be uh, a community. We, we need to be in the family and brotherhood that we need to watch each other's backs, you know, We've so become so isolated and so siloed and coronavirus is the coronavirus uh, pandem- pandemic response has made that even worse to most people. 
-hmm. So the way we defeat that in my mind is we have to be part of a community. We have to build communities. So the LPPA has been fantastic for that, for, for, for us. Uh, but so now, uh, you know, here we are. And, you know, I, I, I think we need, what we need to do is that is further build communities and, and tell people, you know, spread this message and let people know that, you know, Hey, yeah, you know, what you're seeing is crazy and this is not right. And we have to fend for ourselves. Yeah. And I, I gotta say that is one thing that always attracted me to the, uh, LP, LPPA and the LPMC is this kind of network in this community. Um, I had Reed Coverdale actually stay in my house who was uh, coming from, I think it was Utah all the way to New Hampshire. He was driving across nice. the country and he was able to stay in people's houses just through, nice. yeah. you know, meeting different libertarians all over the country. So, um, and it never quite hit me until he did that and brought it up to me that I realized how important this is. Mm -hmm. And um, we were kind of shooting the shit off the camera for a little bit. And we both kind of agreed that like at a federal level, we're probably screwed, right? But yeah. when it comes to local politics and maybe even state level politics, maybe you could find a redeeming factor here or there. You could find something that's worth fixing. Um, so when you think about the network that's being built through the um, Mises Caucus and the Libertarian Party now, um, I don't know what that looks like a couple of years down the line. And on top of that, um, when all this, you know, house of cards comes falling down as well, um, it's going to be good to have a network of people that you can uh, that you can interact with and also, you know, trade stuff with. Or if you need a helping hand, then, you know, this community is here for you. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess kind of moving on from there, uh, I remember at the uh, convention, they had decided that we needed a governor candidate because the other governor candidate hadn't quite, um, I don't want to say anything bad about him, but he definitely didn't, didn't meet the requirements. <laughs> he didn't meet the requirements. And also another governor candidate didn't exactly have the entirety of the party's um, best interest in mind and um, had proven to be unreliable in one way or another. Um, so you had decided to step up. Um, I, I guess I, I want to tackle this real quick. Why not in the Republican or the Democrat parties? And you can tackle those whichever way you like. Uh, so why not in the Republican and Democrat parties? Well, um, what's the point? I mean, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the establishment part of the parties, the regime parties there, uh, I would never be allowed to do have success right i'm not i don't have the backing necessary and mm -hmm. and honestly like you know a year ago i never would have considered myself ever having run for anything when i joined the lppa i was like no nah, i'm not getting involved in politics like this i just want to like help out behind the scenes i don't want to run for anything mm -hmm. um but it, it was kind of foist upon me uh, i was nominated uh, kind of surprisingly um you know unbeknownst to me um and uh so I was like, oh, yeah, all right, I can do this. You know, I, I think I have a pretty good uh, grasp of the, the philosophy and the, and the ideas, and um, I can voice them quite well. I can speak to the, them, the philosophy, the ideas, libertarianism, um, you know, better than most. So I figured might as well. And I also have, uh, you know, high motivation, right? I have children, and I'm driven. I, I, I know the evil of the state. I understand the evil of the state, and I, I'm driven to do it and as far as a sense of duty and, you know, my job as a man and uh, as a father and i have to go and fight for my family and for my friends and to do that this is i feel like probably the best thing i could do for now 
What's going on, guys? Um, we're going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about these show sponsors and the way that you can support me and this podcast. Um, I'm sponsored by Axe and Sledge. Won't really focus in here, but uh, right here in my hand, I have their um, the grind, which is essential amino acids and hydration. Um, feel free to check it out. Um, this is your mom's sweet peach. They have some awesome flavors and awesome names. They also have multivitamins, fat burners, creatine, beta alanine, um, all sorts of different supplements to help you get all jacked and tan and help you become a person more full of uh, liberty and health as this show is about. So um, if you want to support me and support this podcast, then feel free to go to axonsledge.com and check out um, all their great supplements there and use code Matovic10, that's M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K-1-0 at checkout for a little discount and to let them know I sent you their way. All right, everybody. Thanks. Now back on to the show. Right. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's, I completely agree. And I think a lot of people, one thing that really kind of, I don't want to say red pilled, black pilled, but gave me a little bit more perspective on the Republican Party was watching what happened with Ian Smith over there in New Jersey. Um, I think you've probably been to rallies with him, but uh, he was running as a Republican over in New Jersey. And I remember thinking that, oh, well, this dude defied lockdowns, right? Um he's come out as a Ron Paul guy, right? So you know he's very, very freedom-oriented, but he's run as a Republican. So he's part of the regime parties, and he, like, checks all the boxes that you could want for a good liberty Republican. This dude should have his congressional seat in the bag, and then literally none of the Republicans came to help him out. Like, right. nobody stood for him. And you got to remember, this is the dude who stood down lockdowns in New Jersey, defied the yeah, governor yeah. and stood for freedom right. and, and was on Tucker Carlson, but the GOP gave him zero support. Yeah. Like it, it, it's it, mind blowing. Yeah, the two parties, they're the same. Yeah, they were one of the same, you know, a lot of the, the Wolbert types, they call it a duopoly, but it's not a duopoly. It's a monopoly, right? It's basically <laughs> two, two different divisions of the same organization really. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, the Republicans, Typically, they, they serve this uh, this role as the controlled opposition. So the left does their crazy, crazy, you know, let's grow the state a bit. And then the Republicans say, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> now, of course, that, that means, you know, you do have a few, the handful of, of Republicans who are really good and to get a lot done, who are great, you know, like Thomas Massey and Rand Paul, and of course, really great Ron Paul and, and, uh, and others, you know, some who are more of a, you know, conservative, who are still great, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... You know, you'll see that they never make it to positions of, of, of power of authority in the, within the party. The, you know, the party is run by like Mitch McConnell, right? These people are like just total regime machines, mm-hmm. and uh, they and I, I, don't, I can't see that that ever changing. Right? The regime, the who, how these people are selected is all done through you know, backhanded politics. So the people who are more likely to you know commit uh, acts of naughtiness, the people who are more likely to be psychopaths, the sociopaths, willing to do what's what's necessary to succeed in the party and succeed in politics are the ones who are going to be at the top. So, mm-hmm. you know, people like Hillary Clinton, you know, like, oh, it's like the textbook definition of a psychopath right there. Yeah. Well, she, she rose to the top for a reason. And the people who are going to be kinder and less willing to stab your friends in the back, they're less likely to succeed. Right. Unfortunately, it's just how political, the political system works. Yeah, it's uh, very unfortunate when you kind of break it down and look at it that way. But um, <clears throat> I think that we have a solid libertarian party here in pennsylvania that will um hopefully do good um later on in the year so um 
I guess one of your competition who seems to be relatively popular is <laughs> Doug Mastriana. And uh, yeah. I remember reading a letter. I, I want to say he published it in 2002. And this dude is an absolute hawk. I mean, you see what's going on right now with Ukraine and now Nancy, uh, yeah, Nancy Pelosi's flying over to Taiwan, being the first speaker of the house to be there oh, yeah. in 25 years. Um, he would have no problem sending you or I over there to die for, to fight for oh, Taiwan or for the middle East, especially the middle East. If you read the letters and the stuff that he thinks about the middle East, he is not afraid to, you know, to go invade or, I mean, he's a neocon through and through. Um, so I guess, what are your thoughts about Doug Mastriano and uh, him being your current uh, opposition? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of, uh, you know, much of the things he does. I think he is for the regime. I mean, he's, you know, done some, uh, you know, some efforts to, to show that oh, he's against the COVID tyranny and stuff, but I, I don't trust anything he does. Mm -hmm. He he supported Act Seventy Seven, which has gotten the universal mail-in ballot, uh, you know, passed in in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania which oh, did uh, he really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, he was, he was involved in that. So, huh. and, and now he's like, he's like, oh, I'm against all that. Like, okay, yeah, like you didn't you didn't know what this was going to result in, like, yeah, that you would, you know. Anyway, uh, so I, I think he's he's a he's full people doo doo. It, he is showing up to you know rallies and stuff wearing like you know military uniform and such and i, I think that's disgusting mm -hmm. i think um trying to one the you know signal like oh look at me i'm cool badass army man i think that's abhorrent i can't stand that whenever i see even see like a young kid walk around in, in his uh in his uniform um like guy you know you don't walk around public in uniform it's, one it's against uh you know most uh branches of regulations against like army regulations and for example um to do anything outside of a post in uniform um, one, because it's not, you're representing the military, you don't want to look, do something, look bad doing something. And two, it's bad for operational security, you know, so there are people around who don't like the military, so you don't want to wear uniform. But when people do do it, it's usually like a sign that they're showing off, right? They're trying to be a cool guy. Yeah. And so whenever I see it, it makes me, it really just makes, makes me like, what are you doing? Stop. Mm. Um, so, you know, when I see that, it, it really gets my, you know, it really irks me. Uh, but uh, yeah, and other than that, yeah, I mean, he's. I think like I said, I'm convinced he's a, he's a regime Republican. I, I I know I know a lot of Republicans are like, well, we have we can't let Shapiro get on the on the on you know when you know because we have to get Mastriano. It's like I don't think he's going to be much different. Mm -hmm. Like if you think he's not going to go along with all the you know World Economic Forum bullshit, like I I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. Like he's guaranteed that he's gotten this far. He has all this funding that he's part of the regime. He's part of the machine. He's mm -hmm. I'm sure that he he's one of the good friends of the globalists, and he will sell the state of Pennsylvania down the river just as quickly as Shapiro will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I guess kind of the other problem is, is that um, now as we see China and Taiwan, or not China, Taiwan, but uh, China and Russia, tensions kind of heating up over there. Um, Biden has no signs of wanting to cool anything down. Um, it's it's yeah. actually... They're instigating. They're instigating World War Three. Like we're yeah. uh, we're we're like oh, this is really bad. Yeah, and Biden. It's it's amazing to me that he literally just shows zero signs of wanting to cool anything down. It's just constant escalate, escalate, yeah, yeah. escalate. This is all the United States on gasoline on the fire over and over and over again. Yeah, it's like you guys, like you guys, and it's yeah, it's frightening because they're 
there's no other there's no other reasoning no other explanation other than they are trying to start a war they're trying yeah. to start world war Three. right and the thing about doug mastriano is that he would definitely not hesitate to send all of us over there to go die oh, yeah. Um, yeah. without hesitation so I, this kind of gets to something that the lpp has been pushing a lot uh, the defend the guard legislation yeah. Yeah. drafted by i think it was dan mcknight if i remember correctly he was a veteran out of texas I'm, if i remember correctly yeah. uh, I, he's been all over the place but uh um i think you've kind of talked about it a little bit but um if you don't mind i really don't think i've actually talked about it on the show that much and if i have it's probably been relatively brief but uh what are your thoughts on defend the guard because i think that's something that the lppa has really talked about a lot so i'm sure you're pretty yeah. well informed on it yeah, being being a guardsman um you know, i'm a big proponent of doing the guard mm -hmm. and the guards is the idea that uh, in order for the governor to be able to send the National Guard Guardsmen of the state of Pennsylvania into federal service uh, to be deployed or whatever, uh, there needs to be a official declaration of war. You know? And uh, that hasn't happened since World War II. So all the throughout Vietnam, the Korean War, the you know, War on Terror, so on, that uh, this has all been, you know, we're deploying guardsmen um, overseas without any declaration of war. Which is not the purpose of the National Guard. National Guard was meant to defend the community, defend, defend your, your home. So, and the Defend the Guard is, is the, the goal is to change that and make sure that the governor is not able to do that until, you know, he has the, the official declaration of war by Congress. Mm -hmm. uh, which, I mean, which is which is a great start in my mind. I mean, I, I, I mean, I would go further, right? But uh, yeah. um, being strictly anti-foreign interventionist, but I think it's fantastic. I think it's something that people need to back. And usually, most people do back it. I mean, that's well, we want to send our boys and girls, our kids uh, overseas uh, for someone else's war. I mean, why would we want to do that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, whenever you see, whenever the, the people opposing it are just uh, the military types, you know, the, the mission, uh, military industrial complex types, you know, they'll come in and you know, argue against it. And they're the ones that they're the lobbyists with the money and the power. So it's something that really needs to be pushed hard. And the LPPA is backed it, backing it 100 percent. I'm backing it 100 percent. And if elected a governor, I would know, not in a million years would I ever comply or cooperate with a, a federal order. Um, declaration of war or not, uh, I don't, would never, uh, in good conscience, send, uh, you know, Pennsylvania's children to fight for whatever globalist agenda, uh, China or Europe, otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's a message that needs to be heard for all Pennsylvanians, and um, it, it seems like to me, and you could share your thoughts on this as well, that elections are actually largely won based on foreign policy sometimes. Like the anti-war president is normally the one that wins, right? Because think about Bush, right? Mm -hmm. He said no more foreign wars, right? And what happened? Uh, it didn't happen, but people reelected him. Then Obama came along and he said, oh, I'm going to end all these wars. Then he won. Trump, same deal. I'm going to end all these wars. You know, these wars are stupid. Then he won. Biden, he hid in the basement, but though he actually paid some homage to ending the war in Yemen, and, you know, of course that never happened, yeah. and then some other uh, foreign policy stuff. But it, it seems like the foreign policy stuff, perhaps it's not what elections are already won on, but um, it's a very, very popular sentiment with people. So, um, you know, do you kind of see that as well? I mean, I, I guess, uh, I mean, maybe I'm uh, a little pessimistic about it, but I, I, I'm always of the opinion that you know, people don't consider it enough. People don't think about it enough. You know, mm -hmm. most people, they don't, they don't see the veterans suffering. They don't see that the, the people in the country we've, we've invaded suffering. And yeah. to them, they just, they see their nice little picket fence and everything happy and, and wonderful that, 
they don't understand how horrible this is. So there are other things that are more important to them, like uh, I don't know, you know, what kind of coffee they're going to have in the morning. Um, so I, I get kind of disheartened by that. But yeah, and it is in in, uh, in some extent, it is it is probably more of an issue than than I probably think it is. But um, I still push on it hard. I still like mm -hmm. won't shut up about it because it's uh, it's something for, personally for me very it's very important, very touching. And, I think more people need to understand that and, and need to see that to really kind of understand like the evil we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, so I guess kind of moving more on to the uh, political stuff as much as uh, all that kind of sucks. Um, mm -hmm. Philadelphia had vaccine mandates for a little bit and then they revoked them if I remember correctly. I and then so. what's that? I believe, I believe that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, obviously we had lockdowns in 2020. Now, if I remember correctly as well, I think it was on the ballot in late 2020 or something like that, where they had an amendment where they removed the power for a governor to declare a state of emergency, which would enable lockdowns. Right. Um, now, in New Hampshire, I liked what they did because they removed the governor's power from ever doing that again. Um, what are your thoughts surrounding giving them, you know, government having the power to lock people in their homes or making them stick a needle in their arm? Um, would, you know, what would you do to reduce that? And what are your thoughts around reducing that or removing it? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't think the state should have that power at all. I don't think mm -hmm. that, that type of power is legitimate in the slightest. Uh, well, if, if I were governor, uh, you know, I'm limited to what I can do in terms of uh, you know, legislative efforts, uh, but uh, I would definitely support any kind of additional amendments that make me stricter for the state to do so. But I definitely would never, ever you know, even try to enact such, such powers as a governor. If anything, what I would do is I would you know, repurpose the, the state police to uh, ensure local residents are safe from uh, their, any local governments trying to impose lockdowns or other uh, authoritarian rule. Um, I, you know, I am libertarian, but I, I'm not necessarily against the idea of using, you know, the, the force of the state against other sections of the state, you know, for the, the betterment of others. But you know, that's a slippery slope. But I think if you have the state police there, they might as well put them to use uh, defending people from the state, right? Yeah, well, it kind of gets to a subject we were talking um, about a little bit earlier, that we're definitely not going to have the anarchist utopia and cap right. stand overnight. But um, if you look at a situation like Ron DeSantis, and I've been getting into people, um, <laughs> getting into it with people on Twitter over this, but uh, when you look at what he did, where he, I, I don't like the idea of the state doing this, but kind of like we're saying, it's slippery slope. But if you're going to have a state, then defending your citizenry from vaccine mandates, from lockdowns, and from having their pension funds, you know, messed with because of ESG. I can't say that's a bad use of government. I don't, and if that makes me a status, I guess so be it. But I mean, if you're going to have a government, then you might as well use it to protect the rights of your citizens right. and keep them from, you know, the Fed or any foreign actors, which is very unlikely, but, um, you know, basically from any larger government trampling on your individual citizenry rights. Yeah, I, mean, I would say you know this is this is you know complies with the, the idea of non-aggression principle. Like, mm -hmm. These types of actions of the state are not acts of aggression, right? They're acts of defense. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have uh, a local government forcing people into people's homes, locking them up against their will, I mean that's an act of that's the act of aggression. Right. You know, for you to go and defend them is is like you know, anyone else doing it. So I don't see that as being a uh, a unlibertarian use of the state, state mm -hmm. power. I think it's perfectly in line and. 
you know, it's unfortunate we have, you know, state using people's money to do these things, but if it's there anyway, might as well use it for good. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that was something that uh, some of these people were missing. It's like, well, once again, is it perfectly libertarian? No. But at the same time, if you're going to have a state, you might as well make sure that it's to benefit the citizens in the most liberty minded way possible, which yeah. I think is something that some libertarians get a little bit goofy about. But, you know, once again, we got to kind of deal with the world as it is right now right. and what we could do to make it better for ourselves. I agree. Yeah. Um, so I guess we've been shooting the shit for a little bit. Um, what is your run kind of looking like right now? And um, I'm sure you've done a lot of campaigning. You've probably done some door knocking and whatnot. Um, how do you feel about the election coming up in what, three months or no, about four months now, correct? Uh, four so months? Yeah, yeah, about four months, a little less than four months. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, three months, I guess, really. But yeah, uh, 100 days, I think, something like that. So yeah, a little crazy. Bit yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling good about it. We're we're kind of working on uh, you know now we're letting the dust settle of all the petitions and kind of figuring out who we have where and mm -hmm. trying to see who's all going to be on the ballot and trying to work out a, a plan, a campaign plan to actually go and get the ground running. Mm -hmm. um, you're doing a little little here and there over the course of the summer, but uh, you know most people aren't really in the, you know, the election mood in the summer, at least not for you know a midterm election like this. So you can talk to people about governors, but most people, uh, most normies, they don't give a shit. They're not, they're not tuned in at all. Mm -hmm. So as we get closer now, you know, people are getting more interested and we will start kicking up a notch and we're kind of working out some plans on how we can get some attention and be a thorn in the side of the establishment. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, one thing that I liked, I had uh, Justin O'Donnell on recently, who is a uh, activist up in the uh, free state of New Hampshire. And he mentioned how there were different pursuits that they had undergone with the Libertarian Party that didn't necessarily start and end politically, but it did increase people's liberty through other ventures. And I had never heard those stories before, but I think this is something that a lot of people discount when they think about the Libertarian Party is that there are ventures outside of necessarily party politics that lead to liberty in people's lives. And sure. that is much, 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 much more important oh, than, you know, maybe an election here or election there. Yep. When you actually can create more liberty for people, um, that, that's, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said before, the, the biggest advantage of the LPPA and these caucus to me is the, the community that's developed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, you know, it's not, it's not only the politics is secondary, right? It's just a, a, a tool which to build the community. And that, that, that is where I think in my mind, real freedom, real liberty lies. You know, you, you need to find liberty within yourself, right? And within your own little community before you can get liberty anywhere else. And once you have that, it, it's, you know, you know, you're, you care less about the state and what they're doing. You have your own little thing here. And mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're free, you know, you're free on, in your own little world, which is, which is, you know, pretty great. Right. Right. And, and I think it's going to have to kind of start that way where we start at the, the very local level and then kind of expand Liberty from there. Um, so I guess I'll um, kind of shoot you the last three questions I have for every uh, single guest, unless you got any other closing thoughts. No, I'm good. Cool. Um, what does Liberty look like to you? What does Liberty look like to me? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a, a very uh, deep question. Uh, uh, I guess uh, this idea of that you don't uh, tell other people to do and you, you own yourself, you own your mind, you own your actions. And at the same time, you own you know, responsibility for your actions. And uh, you know, 
that you we people can interact with each other voluntarily and peacefully and we don't need the state we don't need big armed thugs coming in and telling us what to do mm-hmm. um that doesn't you know, advocate people or doesn't remove people's responsibility to behave in a socially social manner and it's you know that uh there's no need for the state to do that so my, my liberty is you know, just us being you know free people acting interacting with each other voluntarily and peacefully nice um what does health look like to you health mm-hmm. hmm <laughs> I mean, yeah, health is, is that, that, uh, that feeling you get when you're are paying attention to your diet and you're exercising regularly, the feeling you get when you get up in the morning, you go out to your car and you're like, oh, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. That's, that's you know, what health is to me. Thanks. Uh, Matt, where can everybody find you, support you, and I'll learn more about your run for governor? So, yeah, you can find out more about me at uh, matthackenberg.com. It's uh, my website. You can sign up for the volunteer. You can donate. Uh, donations are always appreciated and needed. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, uh, Matt, Matt Hackenberg, or Facebook, uh, Matt Hackenberg PA. Um, but you can find more, you know, all that said, at matthackenberg.com. Cool. All right. Well, that will be down in the show notes below. Um, everybody listen and make sure you go follow Matt. Um, if you're here in Pennsylvania, make sure you go check his stuff out and support him whatever way you can, because I know he definitely has my support and my vote because I'm not going to vote for a fucking neocon and I'm not going to vote for a Democrat. So um, I'm definitely excited to see how things turn out for him in November. And, um, you know, regardless of whichever way it goes, um, you know, he has a uh, spot here on the show anytime. And I uh, definitely enjoyed this one, man. So like, I said if you don't got any more closing thoughts we'll close her out dude yeah thank you appreciate it of course man all right until next time everybody um yeah let's rock and roll without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.